calling 911 when in an accident may just not be enough. Car accident, remember. After 911, call 411. 1-800-411-PAIN. 1-800-411-PAIN is a legal and medical referral service. Non-employee spokesperson. But can you hear Jimmy? That's the question. You tell me it's all right. You don't mind a little pain. You say you just want me to take you for a drive. You the cross brings on them all text line. Players win your league. Come to the tickets third annual Anna Jordan Levine John Clayton Fantasy Football Camp with special guest CBSSports.com's Jamie Eisenberg. Saturday night, August 26th at Sport of Kings Gulfstream Park from 6 to 9. It's free. Win some exclusive one-on-one time with John Clayton Saturday afternoon. Just register now at TicketMiami.com. Anna Jordan Levine Accident Attorneys call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. Sponsored by East Coast Public Adjusters, by Gunworld of South Florida, by Life Storage. For more details, on attending for free, go to the ticketmiami.com. Also, got to tell you the Riptide Music Festival, powered by Ford, coming your way December 2nd and 3rd. On Fort Liquordale Beach, Saturday features Cage the Elephant, Weezer, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Portugal the Man, and more. Sunday features Casey and the Sunshine Band, Farner's Lou Graham, Morris Day in the Time, with a tribute to Prince, Loverboy, and uh, I think we just announced Tito Puente Jr. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, there'll be a, a bunch more announced. I know there's a couple contracts still waiting to come in from bands. It's all presented by Anadron and Levine, Accident Attorneys, call 1 800 747 free. That's 1 800 747-3733, Underground Music, Blue Chair, Bay Rum. Tickets are on sale right now, so go to theticket.com and listen. Uh, as this Monday, we have another major act that will be announced. So, there you go. Riptide. We got a bunch of stuff going on. We got Kids Love and Family Expo. We got our fantasy convention with John Clayton, Jamie Eisenberg. We got Riptide coming up. We got the Pumpkin Patch coming up in October. We got events out the yin-yang. Oh, and next Saturday, I'll be doing the show, Antoine, on remote. I'll be out of the studio. I'll be down at Sobe Promotions in Wynwood doing the show as the Orange Bowl kicks off the college football season with the or- uh, Capital One Orange Bowl Burger Battle 2017. So that'll be pretty cool. Looking forward to that. Just because I'm a glutton for punishment. Hello, sports fans. This is the one and only reminding you from Antoine, who loves the Chronics, to listen to 790 The Ticket every Saturday with Prozac Ron and Jumbo. Hi, Antoine. Hi, Antoine. Are you on the phone with Bill? Can you tell Bill, like, you, you got to do work so you can't have a conversation right now? <laughs> Antoine? Antoine has the phone to his ear. He's been on the phone with Bill for six minutes and 13 seconds. We have a timer, I can tell you. And he his eyes are glazing over because Bill is just talking his head off. You know, Antoine, anytime you could just hit hold. Just put him on hold and, like, 
Oh no, An Antoine's taking this very seriously. Okay. Someone says, Beast, I've eaten cake that's still frozen. Hmm. I mean, I've had ice cream cake, but I've never, I don't know if I've ever tried to eat frozen cake. Ticket, you're on the air. Oh, that's, that's mature. Anyone have anything brilliant to bring in? 786-360-790. Dolphins related, cans related. If you missed it, we're, we're efforting Matt Porter, but they're all busy filing their stories. If you missed it, Mark Richt announced that he will be announcing the Canes starting quarterback by Tuesday. Now, um, as it looks right now, in the second scrimmage today, the two quarterbacks that ran with the first team were Evan Sheriffs and Malik Rogier. And Kosi Perry, the freshman, ran with the second team. Mark Rick's going to announce the quarterback by Tuesday. I'm guessing it's going to be a Malik or Evan. Mark Rick quote is uh, that both Malik Rogier and Evan Sheriffs were really sharp. He says, according to Matt Porter, he says, and Kosi Perry ran the seconds, uh, the second team, and had some bright moments. But we'll do some things that will get you beat. He's still trying to get there. Cade Weldon, who appears out of the race, ran with the threes. M Rogier went 17 of 25 for 260 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he threw an interception and was hit as he threw. Sheriffs, 13 of 19, 227 yards, two touchdowns. He had an interception on a deep ball. Uh, and Cozy Perry, 6 of 12, 80 yards, touchdown. Um... And I don't know if we have the sound or not, but Mark Rick ripped literally everybody, including the equipment staff, yesterday. Um, so that's good. Mark Walton had a bruised hip, was held back, only carried the uh, the ball three times. Travis Homer had six carries, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Crispy and Atkins had eight carries, 17 yards. Treon Great Chalk had six carries, 10 yards. Um... As far as the receivers go, uh, Amon Richards didn't play. He has a pulled hamstring. Braxton Berrios had six catches, 170 yards, 107 yards. Uh, Daryl Langham, that kid's tall, by the way, and big. A redshirt junior. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to. Uh, he had uh, six catches for 97 yards, did Langham in a touchdown. Mike Hartley, three catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Herndon, the senior tight end, four catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. DJ Dallas, the athlete, four catches, 53 yards. Deontay Mullins, two catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Dale Harris, two catches, 11 yards. Uh, let's see. What else do we know? The defensive stars, according to Matt Porter, sophomore defensive end Joe Jackson. He had six tackles. Five of them were sacks. The Jackson brothers are going to be good, Joe and Demetrius. Uh... Quarterbacks were not live, um, but uh, according to Matt Porter, all of Jackson's sacks were legitimate. Freshman safety, Amari Carter, eight tackles, one for loss. Um, as far as the linebackers go, Zach McLeod had five tackles, one for loss. Safety, Jaquan Johnson, four tackles, two for loss and a sack. Quarterback, Javante Dean, four tackles, four f uh, in a forced fumble. Cornerback, Michael Jackson, <laughs> four tackles, three for loss and a sack. 
Romeo Finley, the safety, three tackles and a sack. Linebacker Mike Smith, three tackles, one for loss. Linebacker Michael Pinckney had a pick. Defensive end Jonathan Garvin had a sack and broke up a pass, as did Scott Patchen. There you go. There's your wrap. Let's go to RC. Peace. How you doing? Good, man. Hope the family's well. You guys are getting ready for a new school year, I believe. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Fantastic. Uh, I wanted to touch base a little bit on the Canes. A couple of things that I've noted uh, past couple of weeks. Uh, the sense of optimism uh, on the defensive side. I know they, they had a fantastic finish last year. But I'm referring to this, the depth, the quality of depth on the second team. It appears that the numbers are really there. Uh, with the exception maybe of the defensive tackle spot. You know, I know they're a little bit inexperienced, but the depth seems to be the best depth we've had here in a long time. Yeah, you know what? And and it's really important because, R.C., as you know, man, uh, when the Canes were great, you could you could put in a second-teamer and he'd be just as good as the, basically as the guy that started. Uh, they had, uh, you know, multiple guys at every position that could uh, just absolutely run somebody down, run somebody over, tackle somebody, especially at the defensive line spot. Um, now, as you said, tackle a little bit thinner than the other spots like end or linebacker. But still, I think they have enough there to be a really, really amazing defense this year. And when you look at the opposite side of the ball, um the one thing I was hoping for would be the quality of depth on the offensive line. And I really think Linder, uh, Linder deciding to not play this year and move on, uh, it's really going to impact this, this offensive line down the road, if not sooner than later, because you know, you're just one, one injury away from having an inexperienced kid play. And we all know that the uh, freshman, the true freshman from Central, he's an outstanding talent, blah, blah, blah. But nothing replaces experience. Um, no, especially that's the one position, offensive line, where uh, I will almost always take experience, consistent experience over talent, over young talent, inexperienced no, talent. No question. And and then you know, the impact that that has is going to be on your quarterback play. Uh, and when you look at a kid like, like Perry, who's a babe in the woods, just got here the other day, uh, uh, I think May he came, but he's so far, far behind in terms of the mechanics of how to throw a ball and things of that nature. Yeah, he's got talent, but that kid can do one thing that the other kids can't, and that's uh, make a play last a little longer than you need to on the defensive side and still make a big play. And I think that eventually is going to lead to, like you said earlier today, he's going to get playing time. I mean, he has to, because uh, that line isn't going to be where it needs to be to start. All right, man. Appreciate the phone call, RC. Appreciate it, man. Take Looking care. forward to the season. We'll do. Someone says two weeks from today is the Canes' home opener and first game of the season. Oh, I thought I okay. Uh, will you be at the at the Rock? Of course, I'll be there. Of course, I'll be there for that. I'll be in Tallahassee. Of course. Um. Beast, could you tell the story of what happened with Mark Hockman and the Levitard show? Nobody will speak of it. I don't. I don't understand what what's to speak of. Hawk got a chance to host the morning show. He went and hosted the morning show. I don't. I don't understand what the big issue is. And then he moved on to another station, hosting in afternoons. I there's. I don't think there's some big question there. Guy that was behind the scenes got an opportunity to host the show. Like, you go. 
I don't know what the deal is. Just saying. Uh, someone chimes in because we were talking about cake. I once ate a Pepperidge Farm cake right out of the freezer. I will say this. Pepperidge Farm makes a mean pound cake. But uh, out of the freezer, though? Like, is frozen cake a thing? It doesn't seem very good to me. Like, I, I get, like, an ice cream cake, like a Carville, Carvel, like, you know. I think the one above it continues that text, too. Uh... He says my stomach was sick for hours. Cause that's that's not attached to anything else. Yeah, well, um, yeah. All right, uh, Matt Porter says he can come on next segment. So let's break now, and uh, you can uh, give him a ring. What? What? I texted him. He didn't text me back. He texted you back. Yeah. You know why? Cause I'm the freaking beast. <laughs> Saturday. Hey, fact it up here at every Friday with Romberg on the morning show, sponsored by Botran Rum, the taste of perfection. Award winning Botran Rum, rum that is not just aged, but nurtured. You know a guy who I know could probably use a nice, cool beverage right about now? He'll join us on the Orion Fuels and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. They're truly just beyond convenient. Discovered the, just covered the Canes' second scrimmage, although no access for the media other than talking to Coach after the scrimmage was done. Matty Porter from the Palm Beach Post. You can follow him online on Twitter at Matty Ports. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I like that idea, Beast. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good idea there. Yeah, a little cold beverage. Uh, so what do we learn? What do we, what do we learn today, Matt? Well, actually, I, I just put up a piece um, on my blog, on the King Watch blog, um, about this, you know, kind of three things that I think, you know, were really clear after this. I, one, the thing that stands out for me, is, this is definitely, to my eye, a two-man race, a quarterback. I mean, you can say that, I, I mean, I would say that Malik Rozier is the favorite to win the starting job right now, um, but I, I definitely think, you know, it's between him and, and Sheriffs. I, I don't. Cozy Perry uh, winning this job, unless he throws something uh, this week, um, has a has a chance. I mean, just the the completion percentage is not there. Um, I have like a full you know kind of analysis of the stats uh, that these quarterbacks have put up, which obviously it's imperfect. Too. These are situational scrimmages, and you got two is the second unit going against the first unit, that kind of thing. So you know it's not a it's not a real game, um, but uh, you know it's pretty clear that that Rozier and Sheriffs are. Completing the most passes, they're throwing touchdowns, getting in the end zone, they're limiting the picks, they're limiting the turnovers. Um, they are, you know, Mark Richt is, today he wanted to put them, um, you know, with the rest of the first string offense, take all the number one reps, you know, to, to kind of let that, he, he didn't say to, to give them confidence and let them gel, but that's basically what he was saying. I uh, didn't say it like that, but that's pretty much what he was doing. Um, you know, he's letting this, uh, this first string offense, you know, work with itself and um, thought they had a, a fairly decent day today, much better than uh, yesterday when he was very upset with their performance. So to me, it's a man race, and I think we're going to know maybe who the starter is by Tuesday. That's the number one takeaway for, for me. Uh, did, did the equipment staff have the pylons in the right place today? <laughs> I, I, we can only assume. Um, he was a much happier Mark Ritz. He was very upset after, uh, after Friday's rules. I, you know, we in the media had not seen that side of him. 
uh, this uh, this fall. He was uh, he was ripping everybody. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, so Matt, so let's say uh, uh, it looks like we're going to know who the starting quarterback is by Tuesday. It looks like it's down to Malik Rozier and Evan Sheriffs, uh, and Kosi Perry seems to be behind in third place. Uh, the question is, will Kosi Perry still factor into their plans this year, and will do you think he'll be given a chance to get some time and maybe earn his way onto the field throughout the season? Yeah, I think so. That's that's my reading of it. I, I think they really like him. He's just not ready yet. Uh, he's, you know, for, for, for my eyes, the most talented quarterback on the roster. I think that's pretty clear. He just, you know, his ability to move, um, you know, the arm strength is there. He, he just does things that the other quarterbacks, you know, can't and, and don't. But, you know, when you're turning the ball over, I mean, we can't really take a snap yet. You know, he's still working on that. He was in a shotgun offense, um, you know, in a – in uh, in high school, the last two years doesn't really have any experience under center. Um, you know, he's uh, like little things like you know, we were watching some drills uh, yesterday, and he really—I mean, it looked like he had never slid before. I mean, clearly the kid has not played baseball. You know, he, he was he was struggling to to slide properly, things like that. Um, he's got a little ways to go, but he's talented enough that, and, and you know, they believe in him for the future. Um, you know, I, I wonder if they wouldn't. You know, give him some playing time as the season goes on. Maybe it's like a, a situation like a Clemson where Deshaun Watson, you know, was clearly the guy as a freshman uh, by the end of the year, but he started out, you know, behind Cole Stout. So we'll see what happens. But you know, I don't think he, I don't think they're gonna, you know, put the wraps on on him and redshirt him like uh, Florida State did with Jameis Winston in 2013. You can argue, you know, if that's the right thing to do, um, or excuse me, 2012 when he was redshirted. You can argue argue if that's the right thing to do or not. I feel like they're gonna get him some. And, and see what he can do, but it might not be early. Certainly, uh, you're, I'm reading your blog right now as we speak, and it's uh, you can find it. Go to canesWatch.blog.palmbeachpost.com, or just Google the Canes Watch blog. Uh, Matty Porter does a great job covering the Canes. Uh, and the second point you bring up is a good one, and one we always worry about, um, which is depth, and especially at tight end and running back, um, two important positions that have uh, that the University of Miami has always kind of excelled in. But aside from Chris Herndon. Um, at tight end, and then Mark Walton at running back, who's a little bit nicked up. I mean, you're starting to worry about what's behind those guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Walton bruised his hip in, in the in last Saturday's scrimmage, and they held him out. He only had three carries for you know a total of zero yards. Uh, and you know, I think we just heard it time and time again from Miami's coaches. They just they don't trust you know what they say and, and how they talk about these young tight ends um, and and the running backs. I mean, they're you know, they don't really trust the tight ends yet. And they're, you know, with Travis Homer, you know, he's he's doing some nice things, but, you know, he has some ball security issues, got a couple fumbles. You know, he's still coming along. He's only a sophomore. You know, Michael Irvin, the tight end, um, working behind Chris Herndon, he's only a sophomore. Brian Pelenny's a freshman. These kids are young, but, you know, it is what it is, as they say, and, and Miami can't really trust him yet. So you think about last year, and I, as I wrote in the piece, think about last year when you know, they had David Njoku and Chris Herndon and Marquez Williams at fullback, a guy that they really trusted, um, you know, who, who can make some, you know, some pretty heavy blocks. They had Gus Edwards and Joe Yearby behind Mark Walton. So you just had more guys, you know, to do more on the field. Now they have they're way deeper at receiver this year, I would say. Um, and by the way, you know, for anybody who's new to this. Uh, you know, the scrimmage coverage today, Amon Richards was held out. Um, he pulled a hamstring, according to Rick. He should be okay. Uh, Michael Pinkney did play as well. He, he actually had an interception, too. He's been dealing with some hamstring issues, so good news there. Um, but, you know, to, to go jumbo package on the goal line, I'm not really sure that that's something they can do. And, and Rick certainly, 
uh, said as much after the scrimmage. He said, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to figure a few things out there. So either those tight ends and running backs come along quick. If they find a fullback, I don't know if they have a guy that they like there yet. Um, you know, or else uh, Mark Rick's going to have to figure some things out offensively. And then, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at your third point about the defense, and of course, Man- Manny Diaz is going to try to find any little thing that he can nitpick on to keep his guys motivated. Uh, everyone seems to believe, and all the national pundits are saying, hey, Miami's defense will be one of the best in the country. I don't see it any different, but is there a chance we're overhyping that side of the football? Sure. Yeah, there's always a chance. I mean, you know, none of us... <laughs> None of us have seen the, the Miami Hurricanes or any other team play a game yet in 2017, a real game. So, you know, we don't really know yet. And then this is all projection and this is all, you know, conjecture. But we think Miami's defense is going to be very good. They have a ton of guys returning. I would take that front seven, I mean, over any other in the ACC, and that includes Clemson. I think they're deeper and, and more proven at linebacker than Clemson is, although Clemson's recruited incredibly well. So, I, I, you know, I don't expect Clemson to be bad on defense by any stretch. Um, Clemson's defensive line, maybe I take them, you know, based on the high end talent. You know, guys like uh you know, um gosh I'm blanking on the names here, but you know, the the freshman they had last year and uh, you know Christian Wilkins as well. Yep. Um but you know, Miami's Miami's defense is excellent. You know, the defensive line is gonna be excellent. Um overhyping, I don't know. I, I try you know, and people probably hate this when they read it, but you know, I try to kinda of keep things in check a little bit. Um, you know, you don't really know if these guys are any good or not, because they haven't, you know, some of them haven't played at all, and some of them have only done it for one season. Like a Joe Jackson, he had five sacks today, six tackles, five of them were sacks. Um, from what I was told by somebody who watched scrimmage, all of them were legitimate. Like, you know, they, they do touch sacks and scrimmages, and he was like, you know, right there putting his hand on a guy's shoulder. Like, it's not like he, you know, barely got the guy. They were all legit. Now, that being said, you know, he's going to be a major focus of ACC defenses this year. I mean, ACC uh, game plans this year. You know, the offenses are going to be trying to shut him down. So with that increased focus, last year he was the backup, um, you know, was uh, not the starter. He got on the field plenty, obviously. But maybe he took some guys by surprise. He certainly will not do that this year. So how does he respond? It's uh, something we still have to see. Matt Porter, Palm Beach Post, joining us right here on the ticket. Follow him on Twitter at Matty Ports. Uh, I'm reading this Canes Watch blog right now. Uh, Matt, where's the buzz as far as prepared so well for this? Yes, thank you. Which we call it the where? Where's the buzz right now as far as a freshman that seems to be catching someone's eye? Is definitely going to get some playing time. Uh, there's a bunch of them on defense that seem to be uh, big and nasty and getting involved. What, what's so? Uh, I know you guys don't get to see a lot other than stretching and maybe a couple drills, but where, where's the buzz as far as a freshman goes? Well, at this point in camp, we've seen a little more because we've done media day where you get to watch a half an hour practice. And, you know, the first day of practice, we get to watch about 20 minutes. So it's, it's not as bad as it was when we first started out. So we got a much better read on the team um, at this point. And then you read between the lines and you, you, you hear what coaches are saying. And, you know, you talk to other people who are out there watching practice. You get a pretty decent sense of, uh, of who's performing. And, you know, I, I can give you a bunch of names. I mean, Miami's got a lot of young talent. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not like in the past where you're thinking, oh, okay, maybe this guy will be good, that guy will be good. I think there are, you know, five, six, seven maybe freshmen that could really, you know, show something this year. Um, receivers, Mike Harley, Jeff Thomas, I think they're going to be, a, a, you know, a contributing to the offense, you know, maybe three, 400 yards for each of them. Super fast, those guys. Um, and you can always use speed at wideout. Uh, Trajan Bandy, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to play a role at nickel. He had a pick today, from what I was told, a really nice pick. Uh, from what I was told, um, you know, smaller cornerback, but uh, you know they're they're gonna put a, put him on the field. Amari Carter and a lot of tackles today. Rick 
uh, really wasn't happy about that. He said that you know you don't want your safeties being that active. You want your linebackers to to make some tackles there. So um, the second unit linebackers maybe a, a little bit of a worry right now, um, especially with Jamie Gordon here missing the season with the, uh, with right. the ACL tears we learned yesterday. Um, but you know Carter's pretty solid, and he'll at least be a you know a, a weapon on special teams. I would expect. Um, and then you know the defensive line for sure. Uh, you know, uh, DJ Johnson is coming along, but Jonathan Garvin has been a force out there ever since you know he stepped on campus. I mean, Craig Kuligowski, who's a guy not uh, prone to hyperbole, um, you know, he was very impressed with Jonathan Garvin in the spring when he enrolled. This kid, you know, last year he had 25 sacks at Lake Worth High, um, you know, including the preseason game where he had like seven sacks. Uh, you know, the dude is uh, 6'4", 235, you know, coming off the edge, just long, lean, mean pass rusher. Miami really likes what they see from him. So I think he could be, uh, you know, an impact guy, you know, in a, in a third down situation. Miami's pretty happy with uh, with uh, all of its defensive recruits. A few of the offensive guys, you know, can make an impact. Obviously, I haven't mentioned Devon Donaldson. He's going to start uh, right guard from day one and probably move to you know, left tackle once he you know gets in uh, left tackle condition. So, uh, very good recruiting class for for Mark Rick this year. Yeah, speaking of the offensive line, obviously Linder leaving. Uh, you know, a lot of people were caught by surprise by that. Um, d- is this offensive line good enough to protect who will be a first time uh, first game starter, no matter who starts? If I'm Miami, I'm a little bit more worried about about the second unit and what you have there than how the first unit performs. I think both are concerns. I think, you know, you really need to see this first unit in action because, you're, you're, again, we're projecting and, and you, you're, you're hoping that Casey McDermott becomes a, a solid ACC caliber uh, starter at left tackle. You're hoping that Trevor Darling can, you know, put together a good season at left guard. You're hoping Tyler Gauthier can, can play center for a full season and hold up. Uh, Navon Donaldson, obviously, anytime you put a true freshman out there as a starter on the O-line, you're a little bit worried, but you know, certainly he's got tons of talent. Um, Tyree St. Louis, kind of the same way as, uh, as Gauthier. You, know, you saw some good things last year, but you really needed to, you know, to, to put it together for a full season. My bigger concern, though, is an injury to any one of those guys would you know, really throw an inexperienced guy in there. Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure who Miami's sixth best offensive lineman at this point is uh, if Sonny Dagu was still here, if uh, Nick Linder was still here and both of those guys were healthy, I mean, it would be a no-brainer just because of the amount of uh, playing time those guys have had. And, you know, they're guys who have started games. And in Linder's case, you know, 26, I think, starts, um, you know, going back to 2014. So uh, maybe Kylie on uh, the freshman left tackle playing there right now, maybe he's, you know, your best guy. Maybe he's George Brown, who's a – you know, the former LSU transfer, right tackle in the second unit. Maybe one of those guys steps up. Maybe it's Hayden Mahoney. You know, but really, these guys are total unknowns. Um, and uh, you like to have sure things on the offensive line. Last but not least, Mr. Porter, if I'm Mark Richt and I'm two weeks away from the start of the season, what keeps me up at night? <laughs> uh, what keeps you up? Probably Florida State in week three. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it's not – I don't I don't see the potholes on this schedule like you, like you have in the last few years. I mean, even if you, you know, don't beat Florida State, Jamar Crick, you still have a lot of winnable games uh, the rest of the way. So you can still have a successful season. Um, I think probably, you're, you know – 
to, to look at it a big picture in a big picture manner, I'd say probably your depth study because there's you know tight end, running back, offensive line. You know, defensively, you know, if you lose a couple defensive backs, you're probably okay. Still, you still got a lot of talent there. But um, offensively, man, I'm just really not sure what they have in the second unit. And as far as, you know, that goes for quarterbacks, too. I mean, you, know, you got four guys, but, you know, let's say Malik Rozier is your starter and he goes down. Then you got to throw Evan Sheriffs in there. Um, you know, if he's banged up, you know, you're going with a, a, a brand-new freshman, which – you know, is going to lead to some lumps. So, health, uh, like a lot of teams, you know, Ohio State, Clemson, Florida State, Alabama, teams that have recruited at, you know, a top five level for, you know, five, six, seven years, if not longer. That's how you win uh, big in college football. And Miami hasn't really done that kind of recruiting yet. They're certainly getting there. I mean, obviously, the 2018 class is uh, looking outstanding. And uh, you'd expect that momentum to continue. But Miami's still a couple years away from I guess uh, full night sleeps uh, from the coaching staff. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Matt Porter, you can follow him on Twitter at Matty Ports. Follow his stuff in the Palm Beach Post. Go read that Canes Watch blog. Matt, we appreciate it, man. All right, beast. Thanks. We'll do. One of my favorites, one of my fellow Bostonians. Love that guy. Plays good hockey, too. Plays on a uh, club hockey team, can really skate. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, we got our canes fix in. We'll take a break. On the other side, uh, we wrapped this whole puppy up. We have a little uh, segment we called In Case You Missed It. Now, Antoine has not presented me with any In Case You Missed It stories yet, and I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit afraid of what might be heading my way. We get to that more after this in the ticket. players win your league come to the tickets third annual Andrew Darnold Levine John Clayton fantasy football camp with special guests cbssports.com's Jamie Eisenberg it comes your way next Saturday night August 26th at Sport of Kings at Gulfstream Park from 6 to 9 p.m. it's free with some exclusive one-on-one time with John Clayton Saturday afternoon just register now at TheTicketMiami.com. Andrew John Levine, accident attorneys, call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. Sponsored by Palm Beach Harley. They're always the number one draft pick by Rip It Energy Fuel, by Crave Jerky, and by Champion 4x4. For more details on attending for free, go to TheTicketMiami.com. And after that's done at 9, we might all just go over to a place in Goldstream with Dan Levitard to watch the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Just saying. Just saying that... Uh, Dan, back from vacation, wants a place to watch Mayweather McGregor with all of you, and uh, we've put something together, and after Clayton and Eisenberg, we'll all go over, start drinking, eating, and watch the fight together with Dan. That's going to happen. Just letting you know. Mark it down in your calendars. I've got a busy day next Saturday. I've got this uh, remote that we're doing out at the Capital One Orange Bowl Burger Battle 2017. That's in, at Sobe Promotions in Wynwood. I'll be doing that from 12 to 3. Then I've got to get to Gulfstream to uh, get ready for fantasy time with uh, 
Clayton and Eisenberg, and then on to our next location to watch the Mayweather-McGregor fight with Dan Lambert. It's a long day. And probably a lot of drinking. I may need to Uber on this one. Have my wife drop me off for fantasy convention, then just Uber home after the fight. That is if we don't have a hurricane. We're watching Invest 92. I don't know. I think it's going to hook a right, right by the Bahamas, but we'll see what happens. See what the steering, cur- the steering currents do on that uh, front. <sighs> the text machine. I love the text machine. I love all of you. Mocking our promos. Oh my God! Look, the draft had its baby. Yeah, we need to. I mean, we need to update that. When did the draft have its baby? That was a long time ago. Then didn't the baby die or something? Or draft died? Or someone died? Some animal died. Wow. Shall we? Shall we dive into? In case you missed it, I think we shall. There you have it. News has never been softer. Good news for change. What do you say, huh? Coming up, handsome mustachioed man recaps news in pleasing baritone. Stay tuned for this and more. Am I the only one who realizes that this story isn't news? All right, in case you missed it, this is not political, so don't at me, bro. Dateline Miami. President Donald Trump, uh, let's see, criticized Amazon head Jeff, Jeff Bezos for running Amazon uh, with a no tax monopoly and for allowing the Washington Post fake news because Bezos owns the Washington Post. This is probably why Bezos' online retailer doesn't have a problem catering to customers who deeply dislike the president with toilet paper. Although some considered the product to be disrespectful, there was high demand, and by today, they had sold out of the Donald Trump classic tweets toilet paper. It was toilet paper with all of uh, Donald Trump's tweets on it. Uh, Amazon also, by the way, sells similar products featuring President Barack Obama's uh, tweets. So, uh, there you go. But the demand for the Barack Obama one is low. The three-pack toilet paper runs $5. So, the... Obama ones plenty in stock and cheap. The Trump ones more expensive and sold out. Feel free. Yep. I and eh. yep. Got it. Uh, feel free to wipe your butt with uh, Donald Trump's tweets if you want to. If you're into that thing, particularly I, I don't need anything on my toilet paper. I just like my nice white cuddly Charmin triple ply. Um. All right. So this happened. I saw this story the other day. Dateline Santa Cruz, California. A California man was arrested after he crashed his Jeep into a report drunk driver's sign while driving drunk. I mean, it can't get better. Reports, uh, Stephen DeWitt, 57, was quite intoxicated when he flipped his Jeep, landed it on its roof. The responding officer said if DeWitt hadn't been wearing a seatbelt, he could have been killed. DeWitt was charged with DUI and flown to a trauma center. Don't drink and drive. It's just not worth it, said the California Highway Patrol. 
Santa Cruz, let's see, hold on. I, I don't know what the sentence, there's a lot of internet garb going on in this article. But the bottom line is the dude was driving drunk, flipped his Jeep over, crashed it into a do not drive drunk sign. Idiot. Idiot. All right. Love this. By the way, someone says, uh, wait, and, and, ah. oh, got it. It's tough in here, though, today. The wind from the air condition is making it tough to hit the baskets. I'm trying, though. Uh, someone's saying that uh, uh, more there's more CSI work for Whiteside on another dead animal on Snapchat, so I'll have to go check that out when I'm done. Is there really anything better than Hassan Whiteside on Snapchat? No. By the way, someone says April the Draft and Baby Draft, who's very much alive, I think. I don't know. I think someone died in that whole deal. Look that up. See if the see if the draft's still alive. Uh, here we go. Dateline. Where's this? Where where are we coming? Oh, Florida again. A man is facing six years and five months in prison for inadvertently firing his gun while taking a selfie in a strip club restroom. What gun did he fire exactly? He's in a strip club restroom. What go, what gun went off? What what gun was loaded in the strip club restroom? Huh? So this guy, Rorn Sorn, that's his name, Rorn Sorn, 34, was in a St. Petersburg club in December when his gun discharged. Sorn told the security guard he was just trying to take a selfie that it was an accident. The bullet went through the mirror into the women's restroom, but fortunately no injuries were reported. Sorn, an Asian Pride gang member, pleaded guilty in April to possessing a firearm as a convicted felon. Sorn's prior felony convictions include burglary and attempted first-degree murder. Sounds like a wonderful individual. Note to self, don't bring guns to strip clubs. Note to self, uh, if you're going to have a gun on you, uh, try not to let it just go off while you're taking a selfie in a strip club bathroom. Also note to self, uh, why the hell are you taking selfies in a strip club bathroom? I mean, really. Also, April the Giraffe is alive, and so are all the offspring. So, from what I can determine, everybody's hmm. alive. Hmm. I got fake news, then. Fake news, somewhere. Uh, Dateline. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. Don't and, hold on. And, release. Good. There you go. Yep. Dateline, McMinnville, Oregon. And if you say Oregon, I will bust you in the face. It's Oregon. Oregon on trail? It's not Oregon. <laughs> An Oregon family's golden retriever has been honored by a sheriff for digging up $85,000 worth of black tar heroin in a family's backyard. I love that. According to KATU-TV, they reported Friday that the owners of the 18-month-old dog, still a puppy basically, named Kenyon, Thought he had dug up a time capsule in their backyard, so they decided to fill themselves doing it. As they did, they realized Kenyon had found drugs. <laughs> Yamhill County Sheriff Tim, Tim Svensson identified the substance as more than 15 ounces of black tar heroin. Svensson presented Kenyon the dog with an official ribbon and named him an honorary narcotics dog for life. Let me uh, see if I can get this in. And, uh, and, oh, yeah. Lovely. 
send the dog outside. He starts digging. My dog does it too. Dig starts digging in the backyard. Right, but your they dog thought they, they thought right. No, they thought they found like a time capsule or maybe some gold, something a treasure. But instead, the dog found black tar heroin. Wonderful. Uh. Someone said, and this, oh, I always, I mean, this, this happens all the time. Beast, I tried to speak with you on the UM campus during a basketball event some years back, but you rebuffed me. Sir, I'm sorry. I'm guessing I was probably with my family and my son was probably really young and I was probably just trying to keep an eye on him and tracking him down. Listen, I'm the last person that's that guy went out in the public. Like, if you, I want you to come talk to me. I want you to come say, uh, I want to be one with the people. So if for some reason I rebuffed you, as you said, I probably had a damn good reason. Either I was looking after my kid, being yelled at by my wife, or you were damn annoying. Hashtag just saying. All right, that'll do it for me. Uh, Matty Ports. From the Palm Beach Post, Matt Porter. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks for coming on. Antoine, another well-produced show, my friend. Bill, cut the crap out, will you? I mean, I mean enough already. You're, I mean, you're calling the front desk chick. You're calling the boss. You're emailing people. I mean, just uh, listen. I'm going to get a burner phone, Bill. I'll give you the number. Then me and you, we can just talk all day and all night. To all of you who listened, all of you who called in, I greatly appreciate it. Listen, we're not like other places. We're not going to send you to syndicated radio. No, we're going to talk sports with the captain, Curtis Stevenson. He's been hunkered down on that afternoon show with Perk and doing a great job. Curtis gives hot sports takes for the next 78 hours or something like that. Coming up next, right here on The Ticket. I'll see you when I see you. Peace. Peace.